Abba Yahweh, thank you for this opportunity again to share with my brothers and sisters your words intended for strength, encouragement, truth, knowledge, and wisdom, Father God. They that have an ear, let them hear. Abba Yahweh, Haman. Yeshua, Man Parakritos, Haman. Get right into this, brothers and sisters. These might be some harsh words. And for all you doom and gloomers out there that don't want to hear and and want to whine about, oh, I just want to hear about the good stuff, then open your eyes and look in the news today. That's all you have to do. Look around and look in the news today. And if you don't see and hear what's going on around you, then shame on you. Shame on you. You have brothers and sisters that urgently need our prayers. We have the brothers and sisters that are are claiming the faith in God and holding on to the fact that Jesus Christ is only begotten son to the tune of 3,500 in the country of Nigeria. And the Islamic jihadists have declared a holy war against Christians and those of the Western belief and faith. And they've declared war on them to the tune of 3,500 Christian brothers and sisters have been killed in Nigeria. Over 300 churches burned in Nigeria. And now you have what's going on in Afghanistan. And you have Islamic jihadists there. And the women that are left behind, this <laughs> women that are not able to keep up or they've tried to hide with their children are going to suffer, suffer greatly and mightily. What happens to them when the men finish taking what they want from them? And brothers and sisters, let's not be like children. We're talking about raping. We're talking about assaulting. And sometimes they're just gleeful to be able to beat up on a woman. And then they will kill them. Or leave them to die. And usually by beheading. And you talk about doom and gloom. This is in the news. This is not coming out of the Bible. This is in the news of the world. And if you close your eyes and your ears to what's happening to Christian brothers and sisters around us in the world today, shame on you. And you, brothers and sisters, yes, you. And I am saying that you specifically, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it does not, then just pray for those that are being of this attitude. We have a lot of hard praying to do. And if the churches repent from their greed and from what's going on with them, then this government will also repent and see. There was a time growing up when the, when the seat of government prayed daily, before they started their day with anything at all, started in prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. And that meant something. That meant that they cared about the people. That meant that they cared that this was one nation under God, how it was founded. And I'm going to read from the book of Isaiah. And it talks about some of the very things of hate. And this talks about religious ceremonies and those things. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling assemblies, I cannot. 
I cannot away with it is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. They sit in judgment. Now immediately comes the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the judges that they had. They, they, they even had to answer to, but they all came in assembly to point their fingers at others. And this is what they're talking about right here. Sitting in the seat of judgment, and yet it's vanity. Because they do some of the very things that they're subjugating others to do. God sees through this. One sixteen, in the book of Isaiah. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Come to the Father in prayer. Come to the Father for forgiveness and pray. And he will. You notice what God is saying here in his word? They shall be white as snow. They be red like crimson. They shall be as wool. He didn't say, ah, maybe I'll forgive you. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll see what we can do. God does not say or act that way. God is a forgiving God. God is a loving God. All the names that are the character of our Lord God Almighty. He is a Rapa. He is a great physician, the healer. He is El Shaddai, Adonai, Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made, all characters that describe him. That is who he is. That is what he is. And he's saying all you have to do is come. To be able to wash your sins is come in repentance. Come and ask for forgiveness. If ye be willing, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now let's look back in time a little bit here when Israel, Yisrael, as in the old, they were taken out of Egypt, yet at every turn, whining, griping, crying about everything that, that came upon them that was a little bit of a hardship. Instead of praying to God and thanking him for taking them out of Egypt, they whined and cried about so many things, just like goes on in the church today. Whiners and cries, oh, that's doomsday. That's doom and gloom. Oh, no. I don't want to hear about that. I just want to hear about the good things. Then don't read the paper. I don't even know if they have them anymore. Don't listen to the news. And for crying out loud, you'd rather just go. This, this, <laughs> it boggles my mind. And I don't even ask anymore because that just leads to, to frustration. You're not going to understand it. There are just folks that are like that. And sadly, in the church, they only want to read the good narratives that come out of the Bible. They want to ignore the rest of it. Well, brothers and sisters, that's contrary to the teachings of 
the Bible and the scriptures. We are to study the word of God to show ourselves approved of him. And that means study all the word of God, everything, even the doom and gloom, even the part that talks about prophecy, about all the bad things. Well, brothers and sisters, it's not that God is just doing it. Hello, people have turned their back on God. They've turned their back on their faith. They've turned their back on one another. When Israel came out of Egypt, all they did was gripe and complain. And God said, when are you stiff-necked, hard people going to pay attention? And remember, I shared with you, maybe I did. I'm pretty sure I did stiff-necked. You know, what does that come from? That comes from the fact that when you had a mule or a horse, you know, you kind of pulled on the rein, they would turn their head to the direction and they would kind of see what was going on in that direction and they would go that way and they'd pick their steps. Well, if they were stubborn and they didn't want to go that way, they'd make their neck stiff and they, they wouldn't turn. They wouldn't allow themselves to be pulled in that direction. So you see, it didn't come from the mule skinners or the teamsters. Stiff neck was coined by our Father God who created all things. All things were made by him. So he even coins phrases that we use today. Brothers and sisters, we have a dilemma and we have an issue. Are you going to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and have faith in God, or are you going to whine and cry and you're going to just go with the nice little flowery narratives in the Bible and be contrary to the teaching? But brothers and sisters, the world is a very dark and broken place. Continuing, Isaiah 121. How is the faithful city become an harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness, lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver is become dross, thy white mixed with water. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. Brothers and sisters are talking about our seat of government. Isaiah, right here in the writing, if you don't think that this is uh, prophetic and talks about what's going on in our country, the seat of government, that is our capital. That's what they call the capital. The seat of government is the capital. Take a look at what's going on in our capital with our elected politicians? Do they judge righteously? You see in the news constantly that they're more interested in taking gifts, gratuities, and bribes. We have that issue that's going on right now with the highest seat and the princes and the governors. Uh, princes, that's the Bible speak for governors, mayors. And they even bring the judges into this. Is this not going on right now that you see these things that are continuously around us? You see it in the news and a daily. However, God does give a way out. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes and Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. 
seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Throughout the Bible, words like this are used. Brothers and sisters, it's not an automatic thing. Nowhere in the Bible does it indicate that everything is just honky-dory and perfect. Even when Saul got knocked off of his ass onto the road, ass being the four-legged animal that he was riding on because that's what he was riding on. When he got knocked down on the road and the Lord stood over him and asked him, why does he persecute him? And Paul, the Lord had different designs in him. And he became changed. He learned these things. And through all the things that went on in his life up to the time that he was put to death, because Paul was killed. So was Peter and most all the other disciples and apostles that stayed on and they kept in the word. They were put to death. And why? Because people don't like their darkness to be revealed. And they like it in the dark. But when the light comes and it shines out, the darkness wants to flee. It has no place to hide. And those that like to live in the dark, they don't like that. Why do you think that people that get called out, like I just did, they're going to oh, I'm not going to listen to him anymore. Uh, fine, turn it off and don't. Like I said, they that have ears, let them hear. Those that like to live in the dark seem to be the ones that get their knickers in a twist the most often and become most offended by things. They become agitated with nearly everything going on around them in life. And they ignore their Christian brothers and sisters. We must stay in prayer. Prayer without ceasing. Like Paul says, and it is possible to do, brothers and sisters, you can pray while you're working around the house. You can pray while you're at your job. You don't have to stop, get in a corner, kneel down, and, or throw yourself prostrate down on the floor and, you know, take this prayer. There are prayers to God at a time where there is a prayer posture to take. But if you're walking through and you're just conversing with God, God knows that. God gets it. God sees it. But if you're taking the time to speak with him and converse with him, he likes that. That's all prayer is, is a conversation with God. And if you're talking with God and praying over your brothers and sisters and things that are going on and help and asking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit to keep you walking upright so that you shine your light, he loves that. That's all he cares about, that you are trying to do his business. I am about my father's business. For So for you naysayers and doom and gloomers out there that don't want to hear the word of God and pray for your brothers and sisters, I pray for you still. But guess what? You are going to be asked by the great father, God Almighty, what was up with that? 
He's going to ask. He's going to ask me things. We're all going to be asked of things. He's going to review things. I choose to be the one that he says, but you know, you made a comeback. You made a comeback. And you kept coming back. I want to be like David, like Paul. You know, I and Peter even made a great comeback. He was, he was I'm, I tend to be more like Peter. I, I get a little rash. I mean, I was raised that way. I had battle-bought brothers. Whew. And things, and then of course my time that I spent in the military and and things that I made that were thoughts. And I'm living with the consequences of those as we all do. But when I ultimately have to stand before my Father God, I believe, my faith tells me, I believe that he's going to say, you made a comeback. Welcome home. That's all that matters, brothers and sisters. I continue reading out of the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah 2, their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man bowed down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore, forgive them not. Enter into the rock and hide there in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty, and upon every one that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. And upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan. Just so you have a little bit of trivial biblical knowledge that those trees that he spoke of were the best that they could get for building in the temples and the synagogues. And they sought those for building the palaces and the synagogues and temples because it was the finest wood, the straightest wood, the the least knotty and the best. And there were those that had that and they sold that and that's what they looked to but look here brothers and sisters is this not talking about what's going on now in the world and around us today and especially i find it to be so in this country oh look what we did look how great we are look what we made and they the lofty high looks that they have and they look down their nose that's what's that that's talking about the lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. So looking down your nose at others, which happens quite often. And there are those that won't share or they don't talk to people because they look a certain way. They smell a certain way. I got to go near, man, I don't, why should I take care of them? Because they're your brother and sister. And because the word of God tells us that we're supposed to take care of our brothers and sisters. Unlike Cain, who asked God, am I my brother's keeper? God answered him and said, yes, you are. Yes, we are our brother's keeper. 
And although I think that God forgives the fact that we don't, uh, there are some things that we don't do, but if you go out and you try to help, you try to lift them up instead of pointing your finger in judgment all the time, instead of looking down your nose at them, God knows what the limits are and, and he helps those he helps those to expand out so that we can do things. Brothers and sisters, I can share with you so much, but then you think that this is all vainglory about me, but it's not. This is about God Almighty and what he's done for me and what he continues doing for me and allowing me to be a conduit to share this word with you, brothers and sisters. And we have things that are going on around us, brothers and sisters, things that are going on today around us in the world that comes straight from the word of God. And if you can't see that these things are going on, you know, even in, in Jesus's teaching, I mean, he had, he had a difficult time. <clears throat> Pardon me. Sorry about that. When he went down even into his own land and he tried to teach and do whatever he could, that he had issues down there. And when he went into the areas that were close to his home and he tried to do things for the people, they turned on him. And he just responded. And he said, surely... I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Now, biblically speaking, let's talk about prophet, that, that word prophet. Um, you have some, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Hosea, and all those, and, and uh, churches call those greater and lesser prophets, whatever that means. A prophet of God is a prophet of God, period. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I can't differentiate. If you're taking the word of God as he gives it to you and you're putting it out there for the people, you are a prophet, period. And greater prophet, lesser prophet. So they did greater and lesser things or not as often or not as much. So what? They're still a prophet of God. But biblically speaking, the word prophet is... Um, synonymous to what we say today is a preacher. Preacher or teacher, as they're supposed to be, but many are caught up in their own vanity and their own vainglory, and they do it for profit, lucre. Filthy money. That's what that is. Filthy money. But Jesus was telling him that no prophet is accepted in his own country. And what they used to tell him is uh, he used to, they used to call out to him. He says, wait a second. We know you're that carpenter's kid. You're Mary's son. We know your sisters and brothers. We saw you grow up. We know who you are. What do we need to pay attention to you for? And they all sat and looked at him as in chapter 4.22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, 
Is this not Joseph's son? And (laughs) everything he tried to do in and around, they always brought up his earthly family. And they even ran him out of the church. And when he was giving words of strength, encouragement to them, and as we continue and we see in 28, and all they in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city, led him into the brow of the hill wherein their city was built, and they might cast him down headlong, but he passing through the midst of them went his way. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, was trying to teach and to heal. But those in the church became angry. Do they not do the same thing today? Yes, they do. If somebody comes and brings truth, well, I think they're just so full of themselves. And they, then they want to point the finger and accuse, condemn Let me tell you and remind you again, brothers and sisters, that does not come from God. God does not accuse, he does not condemn, and he does not assess blame. If you're busy doing that, remember when you point your finger at somebody, you've got three pointing back at yourself and your thumb is heavenward. So you better make sure that you're speaking truth and being upset and anger is righteous. And you can be angry as a Christian. The Bible says so. Just be righteous in your anger. I'm angry. I'm angry at a lot of things that are going on in the world right now today. I'm angry at a lot of churches that have turned their back not only on one another, but on the rest of the world and all they're interested in is gaining their lucre, their dirty, filthy money that they have put their faith in more than they have in God that they've turned their back on what we are called to do, be about our father's business. Turn their back on that very thing that the Bible tells us we're supposed to do. So brothers and sisters, yeah, I'm angry. I'm angry at that. And yet, Jesus Christ still continued. And when he was cast out of the the church and the synagogue up there, that uh, he went down to Capernaum. And he taught down there. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now, isn't that pretty pathetic, brothers and sisters, that the demonic spirits recognize his authority and know who he is, and those that he tries to teach and preach to have yet closed their eyes, that demonic spirits even have a spiritual ears and sight that they can hear and know his authority? And yet those that he comes to with his compassion and his heart close their ears 
and scales over their eyes allow them not to see. It happens today, brothers and sisters, and I know that there are those of you out there that are doing the same thing to me. That's fine. Guess what? I don't care. Why? Because the word of God is truth. It is life. It is light. And as long as I'm doing my father's business, that's all that matters. How many of you listen? I don't really care. I don't. What matters to me is that I'm doing my father's business. I'm getting that word out. But here the, here's the thing. The people in the, in the church when he came down to the synagogue, they were amazed at the authority that he had. And then the demons came up and spoke from this man. They knew his authority. They knew who he was. He wasn't introduced. He didn't stand up in front or he didn't have uh, one of the elders of the synagogue stand up and say, and now, ladies and gentlemen, for your spiritual entertainment, we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Or we have Jesus Christ who says he is the Son of God. Anything like that. Nothing like that. He just came up. They probably thanked him for coming and sharing the word. And then he, he off he went. He started teaching. The demons recognize his authority. This is not the first time, brothers and sisters, when Jesus Christ walked out and that, that crazy wild man came running up out of the tombs they recognized and they said the same thing. What have thou to do with us, Jesus, the Son of God? And he commanded their name and he said, we are legion for we are many. There were many spirits that were within him. And Jesus cast them all out. They went into the swine and you know the rest of the story. Brothers and sisters, wow. Verse 35, and Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, what a word is this for with authority and power, he commandeth the unclean spirits and they Come out. And as we continue reading, and his hands and healing, in verse 41, and devils also came out of many crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. His hour had not yet come. Brothers and sisters, it is a dark and gloomy world that we live in. And if those of you that are out there that want to continue wearing your little rose-colored glasses, that's a judgment call on your part. And if you refuse to do the work and will of Father God, you're going to have to answer for that. I'll pray for you. I still, I pray for everyone. I do. I, you know, even those that, that do what they do to me sometimes during the course of the day. It doesn't make any difference. It's a hard thing to do. But I, I do. I mean, we 
without the love of God within us and without God in us, without Jesus Christ in us and that guides the Holy Spirit, it's difficult to do. It is. But brothers and sisters, that's what we are to do. Luke 6, 22. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name in evil for the Son of Man's sake. Son of Man, who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus Christ. If you stand for Jesus Christ and believe that he is the only begotten Son of God, and you have faith in God, and you pray through the Holy Spirit to God, the maker of all things made, there are those that are going to rebuke and, and hate what you say and what you do for his, because you're doing it for his sake. And they don't like that. And they don't like the fact that you're shedding light on the darkness that they're living in. Perfectly honest, when I'm doing things that are maybe not, and, I, and you get it pointed out to you, that's just an illuminating beam of light that's showing something that maybe you miss. And I'm, does it not make you feel uncomfortable? Well, of course it does. Because you don't want to be doing that, really. But when you're called out for it, it makes you uncomfortable. But further, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. What is he talking about there? He's talking about the fact that there are those that have put their faith in what they have as far as temporal and not in heaven. For those of us that do this for God's sake and for Jesus Christ's sake and for that purpose that we're called to do, tells us right there, Luke, our reward is going to be great in heaven. But for those of you that can't let go of your money and you put your focus on that, what did Jesus tell the disciples in the parable when the young wealthy man came and asked what he should do because he wanted to be a disciple? And Jesus simply told him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And come, follow me. And the man wept. And he wept. And he, he had an opportunity and that's all he had to do. And yet, he wept because he knew that that was something he couldn't do. Or he didn't want to do. He chose not to do. <clears throat> and he left and, and basically just told Jesus, he said, that's, that's impossible. I have too much. I'm, I'm a wealthy man. And then Jesus turned that into a parabolic speech to his disciples. It's easier for the camel to pass through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that translate to? Exactly what I just said. That poor man couldn't let go of his temporal things. And just exactly what the scripture says there about the rich and the wealthy. They don't want to let it go. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. They don't want to let it go. They want to hold on to that. That is what they look to, the temporal things that are here on this earth. Brothers and sisters, I beseech you to be in the word of God. It is the truth. It is his knowledge. And it's his love within us that keep me going. For without it, we don't really have much of anything to offer. And when Jesus was teaching in, in Luke uh, 12, 34, this kind of goes back to the wealthy again. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Brothers and sisters, so many get caught up in all those temporal things that they have. I still have a little bit of that kind of, I, you know, yeah, I collect stuff and I find it kind of hard to let go of things. I got some things, I'm looking around on the shelves right now. I have some things that my father brought and gave to me that he brought when he was a young man and fighting. Found out that my father was actually in the Marines on the island of Guadalcanal, but I didn't find that out till after he passed away. And those of you that may or may not know of any historical issues dealing with that Guadalcanal, there were literally thousands of soldiers and Marines on that island and the Japanese came on and only a handful survived and came back to the United States. My father being one. There was something that God had intended for him. I don't know. Maybe it was me. Don't know. I won't know until I get there. Until I get home, I won't know. But I would like to think that that was possibly that I could do what I'm doing now because my father was a very, my earthly father was a very good, loving Christian man, and he did what the Bible taught us to do or teaches us to do. He was constantly doing for others. He was constantly taking care of and constantly doing these things. And I always used to kind of go into the, he'd go into the den to take care of business and do things. And sometimes I'd go in and ask him what he was doing. He says, I'm taking care of business and I have to take care of the tithing and stuff and, and you need to let me have my time. And you no, know, it was never harsh about it. And then later on, when I got a little older, I started asking what that meant. And he explained to me what tithing was about. Brothers and sisters, I look around at these things and they're, they're temporal. Even those things. They're things. 
We cannot get wrapped up in things, things that are temporal, things that will pass from us and from this place. And Jesus tries to get that thought into, as we look into Luke 12, 27, consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not, and yet say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, with neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of being a sheep. Sheep are taken care of. Sheep don't have to do anything. Sheep just wander around and the shepherd takes care of them. The shepherd protects them. The shepherd keeps them. He guides them. And this is a pretty awesome thing. They don't have to do anything. God doesn't expect us to do anything. He would like us to do And I leave you with this thought, brothers and sisters. Psalm 23. I love this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Eternity with Father God and Jesus Christ. How much more can one want to hold on to these things of this world, brothers and sisters? That's what I share with you is that there's so much more that God offers and gives to us. And I'm going to read from the old book and from the old translation. This is from my Hebrew Bible in Psalms 23, a Psalm of David. Ashem is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to water in places of repose. As befits your name, Hashem, pardon my iniquity, though it be great. 
Whoever fears Hashem shall be shown that path to choose. He shall live a happy life, and his children shall inherit the land. Brothers and sisters, God is good to us, and he is God. He renews my life. He guides me in the right path befits his name. Though I walk through a valley of deepest darkness, I fear no harm. For you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table for me in full view of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My drink is abundant. Only goodness, steadfastness, love shall pursue me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of Hashem for many long years. Brothers and sisters, God is good. God is great. Mighty is his name and greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord God in all things. I pray for you, my going out, my coming in. This, the word of God, and brought by the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit, compelled to share in that manner with you by the Holy Spirit stirred these things in my heart, brothers and sisters. Have a blessed day. Be encouraged that God is faithful. He is faithful. Be prayerful. Be in prayer for our brothers and sisters. That means everyone. Have a blessed day, brothers and sisters. Be encouraged. Be stand upright. Stand bold. Stand up in righteousness and truth. <laughs>